From WHYY and Billy Penn, this is Hitting Season, a Philadelphia Phillies podcast. My name is Justin Clue, and I write for Baseball Prospectus and Billy Penn. Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday evening edition of Hitting Season. The Phillies just wrapped up two wins against the Rays down in Tampa, which I don't think is what most expected from this series going in. The Phillies have been hot in the standings and scorching hot on the road. But the Rays have been firmly entrenched as baseball's best team since the season started. It's not exactly David and Goliath, but it is like a couple of guys sitting on each other's shoulders and Goliath. But this is baseball. You can't always be happy about who your opponent is. I mean, I was pretty happy the Phillies' opponent uh, in their last series was the Nationals, and that didn't really work out in their favor. So having to face the Rays after a series loss to the Nats didn't seem like an optimistic enterprise Uh, but then again these Phillies doesn't really seem to matter they'll lose two of three to the Nationals and then look like assassins against the Rays we've seen it time and time again Uh, Aaron Nola one of the shakiest players in baseball and who uh, probably has the least is, is considered the least reliable starter among the fans has had some of his best games this year against great teams you know the best teams in baseball like the Astros and and the Rays, I mean, he's just, uh, he, he remains in the state that uh, that he has been all season. And we're just going to have to sit here and watch it happen. That's, that's just how it works, folks. Uh, and, you know, this isn't really the first time this kind of thing has happened. 119 years ago, that's right, the 1904 Phillies went up against the league's best two. Back then it was the New York Giants who had won 18 games straight on July 5th. And there was no reason not to think it wouldn't be 19 by the end of the afternoon as they rolled into Philadelphia. It was 5-4 to four in the ninth, and the Phillies had rung up two outs on the Giants. They were one out away from ending a team's 18-game hitting streak. This had been going on for like two and a half weeks. Phillies starter Bill Duggleby was still in the game, and he punished his team for its faith in him by nailing two straight hitters in the ribs. One of Duggleby's runners eventually came in to score, And the game was tied at five to the groan of the Philadelphia fans who had been trying to sneak out without the team noticing. The Phillies managed to win it on a walk-off single in the 10th. They should have been finished in nine, muttered the Inquirer, which was choosing a time in which wins in general were a precious commodity and their individual quality was not truly up for debate. In any case, the Phillies were patted on the head for their clever base running and slick fielding throughout this one with only one severe injury, a classic Phillies win. And all this after Duggleby, the Phillies starter, had lasted only two innings in his last two starts, but went nine strong-ish on July 5th. The Giants were said to have already clinched the pennant, and the Phillies would go on to lose 100 games that season. But still, the point is, even at its worst, this team has been able, at times, to defy the odds. And it did, it did, it did feel like that's what they were doing when they went into Tampa and, and won the first two games of this series. I mean, it's it's been... Uh, It's been a lot of fun. They've been a much more fun team to watch than they were against other teams that probably are more beatable than the Rays. I guess I don't have to break down exactly how surprising it is to see the Phillies doing well 
playing some of their best baseball against the best team in baseball, but I think it's just the kind of year it's going to be. So the Phillies won game one against the Rays. Aaron Nola, Aaron Nola pitched incredibly. Uh, I feel like we need a new term for when Aaron Nola pitches really, really well because it's never what anyone expects him to do anymore. I mean, I don't have to, I don't have to tell you that we're all just waiting for that moment that Aaron Nola unravels like an, uh, like a sweater on a nail. And he didn't do that this time. As I said, he hasn't against some of the toughest opponents he's faced. And so I feel like we, we owe him a term, a special Aaron Nola term, uh, to describe an event like game one, his game one start against the Rays when he pitched extremely well. And in, in a situation where no one, where it was widely predicted that it was going to be something of a disaster, at least at some point. Uh, so obviously I spent about, I don't know, eight, ten hours brainstorming some of these, uh, ignored a lot of ringing phones and pounding on the door. Uh, but I think I came up with something. Um, a nolment. <laughs> a period nolment. Because, uh, you know, an, an annulment means to make void or null, abolish, cancel, invalidate. And uh, that's what Aaron Nola is doing to the predicted poor outlook of an Aaron Nola start. You know, when I'm doing this by myself, uh, you know, the, the laughter of of uh, my co-host is usually much more raucous than this. So you are you are sort of missing that experience. I feel like that that acts as a little emphasis on the even so annulment. We're going to call it moving forward. Uh, Aaron Nola allowed five hits, one earned run, one walk, 12 strikeouts in seven and a third innings in game one. Best start of the season for him. I would say up there with his Astros start down in Houston. I mean, that that was uh, that was exactly what the Phillies wanted out of him. Part of his reputation as unreliable is that he doesn't show up for big games like this, and he's done it more than once this year. And he he obviously did a lot to change that uh, leading up to the postseason and in the postseason last year. Um, then again, there's all those other times he got chipped by a bad offense, but still, it's. Uh, it's it's confusing, folks. It's just we're we're watching a confusing baseball team, and the summer is still only half over, just about. So, you know, just just prepare yourself. Whatever you need to do, prepare yourself. Uh, this was another win that showed the Phillies are apparently unstoppable on the road. It was their tenth road victory in a row. They went from thirteen and twenty three to five hundred on the road with this uh, with this victory. It is the it was the third longest streak of its kind in their history. Uh, they won 13 in a row on the road in 1976. Is there a particular approach to playing on the road that appeals to this team? I don't know. Maybe they just like being less comfortable. I don't know. Maybe they they figured out that they like going into another team's house and humiliating them. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's it's a uh, it's it's honestly feels like something that I've never seen a Phillies team be very very good at. And obviously they were 13 and 23 on the road at one point. So they haven't been very, very good at it all year. Uh, but this is a, this is a jarring run of success, honestly. And it makes it good news that they're down in Florida for the rest of the first half, playing another game against the Rays and then three against the Marlins in Miami. So, I mean, why not <laughs> at this point? Why not? Uh, yeah. So Phillies won game one against the Rays. Aaron Nola pitched incredibly. I typically watch his starts at this point. I'm just like, Oh, it's it's a Nola start. I'm not, I'm not even gonna bother. I'm not gonna watch. But then I'm just like looking over my shoulder at the TV constantly, just like, oh, did he screw it up yet? Oh no. Okay, maybe I'll watch for a little. 
I'm just, you know, I'll, I'll sit down here. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I had no confidence. I'll admit I, I wasn't trying to be too vocal about it, but I, I did not have a lot of confidence in the Phillies winning game. One of this series, I felt like their momentum, a lot of it had been lost losing that series to the nationals at home. Uh, I felt like Nola versus the Rays was going to be a really bad matchup. I also thought Austin Riley hitting a homer off Aaron Nola was uh, was inevitable. I I really did. So that that didn't happen either. So perhaps my quiet little cynicisms uh, aren't the most productive. I think. Uh, yeah, but Aaron Nola pitched into the eighth. Like I said, very strong start. Uh, Rays starter and recipient of the largest free agent deal in Rays history, Zach Eflin, started for the Rays. And uh, he said before the game, he still roots for the Phillies. And he pitched, he did pitch well against them in this one. Uh, the Beats made it known Nola and Eflin are close friends, forced to turn on each other only because of MLB's draconian rules about having to pitch against other players, even if they're your best pal. It's a shame uh, we had to see that. But yeah, the Phillies did manage to score enough runs off their former number three starter to secure the win. Uh, Eflin, yeah, his name has come up a couple times this year in Philly's circles among people who wish he was still on the team, which is understandable, uh, given the starting pitching woes this team had early on. I think it's, it's been a topic of conversation less and less since, you know, the Taiwan Walker has been pitching really well lately. Ranger Suarez came back and then found his groove, even though both of those guys gave up more runs on their last starts than they'd, uh, than we'd grown accustomed to watching them give up uh zach wheeler too he hasn't been as lights out i would say as last year but he's still somebody you want to see on the mound when you want to win a ball game and and i'll just say it again and aaron nola you know it's not like he's gonna stop making starts anytime soon and hopefully more of them are like his game one start against the rays than they are you know the many other times they haven't been as successful but i it's only in the Phillies' favor that uh, that he makes starts like that. So, yeah, I think you've heard Zach Eflin's name come up less and less. And honestly, a couple of weeks ago, with this series on the calendar, you would have thought, oh, they're you know they're set up to face Eflin in the in the rotation. Uh, that that probably would have been an even bigger story. I mean, I, I like I said, you saw the beats covering it, um, framing it around Eflin and his relationship with the Phillies. Uh, but still, I think that would have been a much more <laughs> intense conversation if the Phillies were still struggling with their uh, starting rotation by the time this Rays series came around. Uh, but yeah, it's it managed to get a very strong start in game one, got an adequate enough start in game two. Um, before we get to that, though, just a couple other game game one notes. Bryce Harper went as yard as he could in this game, but still couldn't quite get it. So the homerless streak continued. Uh, he's going to get there. He's closer than ever. I think you have seen some really clear improvements from his power stroke in the last couple of weeks. Uh, I, I feel like there was a there was a moment not too long ago that uh, there were questions of whether his power stroke was ever even going to come back ever. So this is uh, this is bad news for the people who thought that you're out there. I know you're out there that uh, Bryce Harper's power hitting days were just a thing of the past. Uh, as I asked someone recently, have we already seen Bryce Harper's last home run ever? And Leo Morgenstern of Fangraphs informed me that no, probably almost certainly not. So that home run's coming. It's going to be awesome when it does. Yeah, there's been a couple of times recently where Bryce Harper's come up in key moments and just, boy, just narratively, it would make sense if he would just hit his home run and uh, yeah, for that to be the moment that it happened. I honestly hate that this was the comparison that popped into my head, but it was uh, 
reminding me of when people were waiting for he who should not be named to finally hit a three and uh, how supportive everyone was when he finally did, you know, different context and different situations, but it's, you're still just waiting for a star athlete to do the thing or a thing that you've either seen them do a lot or know that they're supposed to be able to do. <laughs> and uh, you just got it waiting, you know, in good naturedly, certainly, uh, but you're still waiting for them to, you know, do the thing that, uh, Boy, everyone's just really ready for them to do, including them themselves. So I think uh, Bryce Harper is hungry for that homer. As I said, he almost had it in game one, but still on that homerless streak, hasn't homered since May 25th. Um, we'll see what happens, but you know, he is, he is hitting the ball. He is making solid contact. He is making hard contact. That started happening too. I feel like he, he was swinging as violently as he was a couple weeks ago. Only now he is making more contact. Uh, Craig Kimbrell. Closed this out for the Phillies, having just been named the National League Reliever of the Month for June with a 0.69 ERA. Uh, opponents are hitting 133 against him, and he has five saves and 13 innings pitched. That's a heck of a month, uh, and that's uh, I think still catching people a little a little off guard how much they can trust Kimbrel late in the game with the ninth, with the game on the line, close games. It's it's honestly it's 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 soothing to have a pitcher like that to be able to come into the game and let you just be like, all right, I, I can move, I can sit up, I can, you know, start doing my uh, right before the game ends stretches. You know, I, I can prepare myself for the end because this isn't, this, there's a decent chance this isn't going to be super interesting. It's just going to be three outs. So good to see Kimbrell doing what he does best. Boy, again, <laughs> cost the Phillies $10 million. That was a great signing, turns out. Uh, the Phillies are nuts about being on the road. Like I said, just just crazy. Their offense came to came to life enough. Uh, Alec Bohm doubled in a run in the second. Bryson Stott singled in another in the seventh. Harper's eighth inning single brought in the insurance, and the Phillies won three to one in Tampa in Game One. On to Game Two, uh, I wanted to open tonight's game, uh, our, our recap here, with a little Taiwan Walker All Star talk. Uh, as, as they threw his stats on screen before the game started, uh, kind of suggesting the same thing on the Phillies broadcast. He's 5-1 and one in the month of June with a 150 ERA, the best in baseball. He's been using his sinker really early to set hitters up and then going into the split later in the game. Uh, it's been devastating. Guys have just not been able to hit it. Uh, in this game, though, this was not his most dominant performance. <laughs> I think uh, Walker, who who came in hot, struggled for a bit and then uh, found his groove again when he started taking, he started fielding balls and batting practice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, his journey this season doesn't necessarily scream all-star, but I thought maybe he, he would have had enough recent success that if Rob Thompson wanted to sneak him onto the pitching staff, maybe, you know, he would do that. People would complain, but you know, you can do that. When you have the kind of ultimate power Rob Thompson has in this situation, you can do that. And it doesn't, you know, they're not going to be able to stop you. I think it's just important for Rob Thompson to know that. I think it's important for him to know that anybody he wants to put on the all-star team, he can. And they won't even really think that he's going crazy until he starts kicking players who are already on the team off the team so he can replace them with his players. But if he wanted to do that, you know, I don't have the rules in front of me, but I'm pretty sure he's allowed to do that. So anytime he wants to start doing that is uh, is fine by me. Uh, but game two, yeah, Taiwan Walker got the start. 
Uh, he got in trouble early. He allowed two Ray runs in the first. He walked Yandy Diaz on four pitches to start the game uh, in the Rays' half of the first inning. So that was cool. Uh, you don't have to guess what happens when you hand the best team in baseball free base runners. Here you go. Go ahead and score on us. Go ahead. We like it down here in the hole. As you can see from the way our season started, we'd rather be we'd rather be digging up. It's when we're at our best, honestly. So go ahead and get on base, and uh, we'll wait patiently for you to find a way to score. Oh, you did it. Two runs are in, and it's the first inning. Terrific. Uh, our Randy Arozarena single put two runners on with one out, and then Brandon Lau brought them in because, boy, it's not fun to be on the team playing against Brandon Lau in 2023. But it was 2-0 pretty quick in this one. The Phillies were down. Uh, but the Phillies answered back immediately with an onslaught of singles, a singles barrage. Four in a row from JT Real Muto, Bryson Stott, Alec Bohm, and Derek Hall. It was 2-2 pretty quick. I mean... That was uh, that was like what getting up to do your frustration walk, uh, you know, in the one block radius around your home. Um, and by you know by the time you put your shoes on, the game was was tied again. And the frustration walk was canceled uh, until later. But if you were somebody who, uh, who who schedules frequent frustration walks in the middle of games, this was an even more frustrating game for you because you had to keep putting on and taking off your shoes. I can I can sympathize. Uh, it was 3-2 pretty quick as well after the Phillies had tied it because the Rays took back the lead the following inning uh, when uh, <laughs> another free base runner, Taylor Walls, was allowed on base by Taiwan Walker. He stole second with one out and came in to score on a Francisco Mejia single. So Tampa took back the lead, but again, not for very long. The Phillies battled back twice in the third as Nick Castellanos hit into a double play following Trey Turner's single. So it looked like that inning was going to just be a big fat nothing. Uh, and then they were back to bases empty with two outs. But Bryce Harper fired a ground rule double into the right field corner. That was honestly another one I thought might be gone. It wasn't very high. It was just, you know, it was a very, it was a high line drive, but uh, it didn't necessarily have the height coming off the bat. And then obviously it didn't have it in the end, but it could have. It looked like, you know, if it uh, hits a low part of the fence, there's a chance that goes over in Boston. That's over. I know nothing about the dimensions comparatively between Fenway and Tropicana, but I don't know. I can see it in my head, so I'm just assuming that's good enough to assume it's true. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, the Rays took the lead back. Uh, they were up 3-2, and uh, yeah, then Bryce hit that double to uh, get himself on base, two outs, and JT Real Muto's second great at bat of the game knocked a single that brought Bryce in. The game was tied back up 3-3. Bryson Stott came through with a good at bat himself and a double into the gap to put two runners in scoring position, but the inning ended before any more funny business could occur for the Phillies, and we just had to settle for things not getting out of hand. Uh, Bryson Stott, that's a name you're going to start seeing mentioned more and more. He's starting to get uh, some traction from the media, and, and you know, rightfully so, if you consider media attention a reward for good play. Uh, the point is that he is just really, I don't even know if you want to say he's matured into a good hitter because he kind of showed up uh, being able to have these very mature at bats. Uh, we're trying to put together a segment on Bryson Stott for uh, an episode in the near future. Uh, so we can get a little more insight on that from a, from a noted expert. But, uh, in the meantime, yeah, they just keep, they just keep throwing him away pitches. He lays off stuff. He's, he's leads the league in two strike hits. His spray chart looks like a shotgun blast. And in his last 25 games, he's hit 312 with two home runs, 10 RBI, four doubles, two triples, and six steals, according to the Phillies broadcast tonight. He's even hitting 300 against lefties. 
Why not? So Bryson Stott, he is really starting to make uh, make a name for himself, and it's great to see. It's honestly, it's great to see non-established veterans succeed, succeeding on the Phillies roster because that's there's a lot of them in there. You know, the Phillies have set up a team that is uh, a lot of recognizable faces across baseball, guys who have been in the league for a while, who are uh, who have reputations, who have skill sets, who have statistical expectations, you know, for which you sign them. Uh, Kyle Schwarber obviously was signed like that. Nick Castellanos, Trey Turner, Bryce Harper. They traded for JT Real Muto. I mean, these are guys everybody in baseball knew. And, you know, it's kind of why you'd think the Phillies would be a little better right now. But, hey, whatever. Uh, it's great to see a guy outside that group uh, who came up with the Phillies who isn't, you know, wasn't necessarily considered a part of the, you know, a part of the beating heart of this offense. But Bryson Stutt has really made a role for, for himself on a night where five different Phillies had multi-hit games. Bryson Stutt had more than anyone uh, in game two, going four for five, scoring two runs, knocking in a run, uh, and yeah, increasing his batting average on the year to 304. Uh, JT Real Muto had three hits, Alec Bohm had three hits, Trey Turner had two, and Bryce Harper had two. Um, but yeah, we can get, we can, we can keep going with it. We're, we're barely, trust me, we're barely through the action in game two. A lot happened pretty fast. So Walker just kept letting the Rays do whatever they wanted. And, uh, <laughs> it seemed like, it seemed like it wasn't going to be the best. It wasn't, it wasn't going to be his best night ever, potentially, uh, given that he was allowing base runners at a pretty steady clip. And those base runners were also finding a way to come in and score. So with, uh, with all that going on, he seemed to be no more in control of the game than he had been up to that point. And Luke Rayleigh nailed a home run off the right field foul pole in the bottom of the inning before Brandon Lau followed with a double. One of two foul pole strikes in this game. These, these teams each, they got, they got each one of them. It's uh, it really was an interesting game. There were a lot of moments, a lot of lead switching, a lot of, uh, a lot of playing from behind for both teams uh, the Rays weren't really missing Walker's pitches, and they weren't being super gentle with them either. The Rays took a 4-3 to lead in the fourth because, yes, this had all happened in the first three innings. Finally, neither team scored in the fourth, and Walker threw a nine-pitch inning to finally secure a shutdown inning, something that has really been the Phillies' Waterloo this season. Just uh, at any time you're, you're hoping, boy, they could really use a shutdown inning here. It would be really nice to feel like, you know, we, we lost any ground after after all the scoring we just did, or even just the little bit of scoring we just did. Really nice not to let the other team back in the game immediately. And it took a couple tries, took three tries. But finally, the Phillies managed to hold off the Rays offense and credit Taiwan Walker, who did not allow a hit after the third inning. So that was, uh, yeah, you are waiting for him to settle in, even in a game where he's struggling early. But, you know, when you're in the middle of him struggling early, you can't help but wonder, boy, I wonder if this isn't going to end by the third inning. In this case, it did, and uh, that was very fortunate. It allowed the Phillies to catch back up. Uh, but as I said, the uh, the Rays really, you know, they seem to have Walker's number early on. The Phillies used the breather in the fourth to recharge, and Trey Turner led off the fifth, banging one off the left field foul pole to retie the game at 4-4. JT Real Muto's third grade at bat of the day resulted in a two-out double, making him 3-for-3. Three three. And Bryson Stott once again knocked in Real Muto with a single and gave the Phillies a 5-4 lead. 
Bryson Stott just all over this game. Like I said, just great to see it. And, you know, to be able to uh, feel like there's a hitter getting some getting a little hot uh, in both Stott and honestly, Real Muto tonight was looking much more comfortable at the plate. The Rays were pitching a bullpen game. You know, yeah, let's let's make sure we mention that. Uh, So you weren't getting the very best of the Rays rotation, but you're still playing against the Rays. You know, the Rays get away with a lot because of how cute they can get with everything. And one of those things is trotting an opener out there. It's worked for them before. They know how to do that. So you stand, you know, you're still beating the Rays in any condition. I would say right now is an accomplishment. This is not an easy series to win. Uh, I don't think anybody was comfortable at all at any point during the three to one win because the lead was never that astronomical. So, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I want to say that the bullpen game needs to be considered a factor here, but I don't think it necessarily detracts from the, the, the performance of guys at the plate who've been maybe a little quiet lately, like Real Muto uh, and Stott. I mean, man, what else can you say? Uh, like I said, he is just he's get he's getting some momentum and it would be great to see a couple of these guys really start putting a charge in the ball other than Nick Castellanos. That would be comforting. At the very least, let's say that's 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 something Nick Castellanos deserves at this point. He spent all of last year with everybody just, you know, tapping on his windows and sliding notes under his door and jiggling his doorknob and just being like, hey, Nick, you feeling are you going to be back to normal now? Is this is today the day? Are you fixed? Is everything better? I think it should be today. Uh, All season long. That was just his lot in life. Uh, And he never never really found that power stroke that you were hoping to see from him. Never really had too long of, of a stretch of success to feel like, okay, yeah, he's got it. Made a lot of great catches. Well, like, like a weirdly large amount of, of insane catches in right field that really, you know, saved the Phillies season a couple of times. Uh, but never really evolved into the hitter uh, that everyone knew he was. That everyone felt was, was still in there. Uh, and boy, he wasted no time showing them that guy's still in there this year. This has just been a solid consistent performance all season long by Nick Castellanos. And because of that, doesn't he deserve to have some other hitters step up uh, with some consistency? I mean, you have seen successful stretches from just about everybody in this lineup. Daycare was hot early. Trey Turner found his swing a couple of weeks ago and, and uh, I don't think has been nearly as silent as, as he started the year. Brandon Marsh was very hot for the first six weeks of the season. And, and he's cooled off considerably since. Uh, Kyle Schwarber for like, I don't know, I want to say two weeks, but that's probably rounding up. It was probably more like six days, which isn't even rounding up. It's just lying. Um, Probably more like uh, six days, maybe a little less than a week, but like most of a week where it looked like Kyle Schwarber was really starting to hit the ball again. But he was pretty quiet in June, a lot, a lot more quiet than I think anybody expected him to be, given that's been his on switch in seasons past. Uh, But it would be great to see somebody like Bryson Stott kind of ascend into that role and uh, be a more consistent offensive contributor to give Nick Castellanos, you know, somebody else to, 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 to lean on, you know, he, he can't have a great night every night, even though sometimes it feels like that. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens, but Bryson Stott, maybe a turn, maybe a turning around JT real Muto uh, as well, aided the Phillies offense greatly in this game. And speaking of Castellanos, he really got into one with two outs in the sixth inning and connected to dead center, just like uh, his last few home runs have been, which is just a reminder of how strong this guy is. He matched his season total from last year tonight with his 13th blast, an important insurance run that let the Phillies take a breath. 
Brandon Marsh came through in the seventh with a two-run single to make it 8-4. to four. Marsh, like Stott before him, stole second base immediately as part of an aggressive night on the base paths for the Phillies. Stott had his fourth hit of the night at this point. Walker came out of the game, like I said, having not allowed the Rays to uh, get a hit after the third inning and pitching through the eighth. The Phillies won 8-4, to four, their 11th uh, road victory in a row. Still just the third longest road win streak in franchise history, but another one. And they handed the Rays a series loss at home, which is only the second time that has happened to Tampa this season. Oh, boy. I mean, this is not the team I expected the Phillies to kind of re-enter their hot streak against. But I don't know. I was trying to figure out today if I really considered uh, the, the hot stretch broken yet. You know, there's always that moment where it's like, okay, they're now they're just kind of like winning and losing, you know, half the time each. So I don't think we can really lump this into that hot streak from two weeks ago anymore. Uh, But I don't know. I'm still I'm still counting it. Um, The two losses to the Braves, I think, threw people off. And I really just assumed it was over after they lost two out of three to the Nationals. But, uh, you know, I think you go down the column on their season results on baseball reference. I think it will look a little messy, but I'm willing to still connect this series win with the uh, the hotter looking offense that we've seen the Phillies putting out there over the past couple weeks. And again, the great pitching. You can't, boy, you can't say the Phillies don't have a strength. Uh, we were trying to figure out, nail down exactly what is this team good at uh, maybe two weeks ago on hitting season. And you got to just tip your cap to the starting pitching. Even when it's not the best, it works. And that's what's so frustrating about those two losses in Washington is that they were both one-run games the Phillies could have won and that their pitchers kept them in, especially game one, that they lost two to one. I mean, that was a very that was that Christopher Sanchez start that I couldn't shut up about because he went six innings and held an offense to one run and the Phillies still couldn't find a way to win uh, one earned run, uh, two runs total. And uh, t- I think you saw tonight... Uh, that Taiwan Walker can give up four runs. You know, he should be allowed to do that from time to time. And his offense can bail him out. And tonight they did. And this is, I think you saw tonight, this was a great example of how this offense is supposed to work. It wasn't just one guy. It was a lot of guys and they were attacking. They were, they were getting to pitchers quickly. They were antagonizing them with hits, with two outs. They were keeping guys on the bases. They were getting themselves into scoring position. Uh, and that's, I really like seeing that kind of team. I really like the Phillies being, really like when the Phillies are that kind of team. Uh, because I feel like it's, it, it plays to their strengths. Uh, like I said, they had three stolen bases tonight. One from Alec Bohm, one from Bryson Stott, one from Brandon Marsh. Uh, yeah, I, I love when they're aggressive on the base paths. Um, I know how it looks when you're aggressive and it doesn't work. It can look like you were sloppy or you weren't picky enough or you were impatient. But I think, you know, I don't think it takes a lot to necessarily see the difference between those two things. And that's how I've been, you know, I, I, you can tell when, when, a, when a guy, um, when the Phillies make a defensive miscue or something, that a guy just can't get there or that he's got to be able to, you know, there's no excuse not to make that play. I mean, we've heard that a lot this year, too. Uh, but I guess what I'm saying is this team isn't set up to be a stealth attack. You're supposed to know that the Phillies are beating you. And when they are operating at their best, 
It's because they are taking that extra base. It's because they're they're stealing bases. They're using their speed. Because this isn't a necessarily fast team. But it's good to see guys like Stott and Marsh, who are fast. Pache, when he's on the bases, using their legs. Turner, he's another one. Um, yeah, I mean, they do have a couple, a couple speedsters. But predominantly, the lineup is made up of thumpers rather than rabbits. So uh, I, 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 I like seeing them use their individual strength and just you know keep applying pressure, keep getting into scoring position. Uh, that is that is I think this team at its best because I don't know maybe I just think of them as like a fun wiffle ball team because of the way because of all like the sluggers they have and guys who go up there and just take the biggest hack of their lives at every pitch sometimes like when some of these guys are struggling largely Bryce Harper but I've seen other guys do it too in Schwarber and Castellanos and even Hoskins uh, when he was playing uh, where they just go up there and they're like I'm gonna swing even harder. And that's how I'm going to break out of this slump. And then that doesn't work. And they come up the next time and they're like, you know what I should do is take how hard I swung last time and and swing even harder than that. And then that doesn't work. And they come up the next time and they're like, you know what? I almost threw out my back swinging at that pitch last time up. And the bat did fly out of my hand and kill that bird. But I'm going to swing even harder this time because I think that's what is going to fix everything. And eventually they do get a hold of one, and it goes further than anyone's ever seen a baseball go, and, you know, they get relatively back on track, and everything evens out, and they're fine. But it is it is sometimes funny to watch these guys go up to the plate like the spinning blade of a blender and try to just hack their way out of a, out of a slump. It's not always fun when it's, you know, happening, because we're watching it, and you can't work your way out of a slump in one game, but uh, still, it is. Uh, <laughs> in retrospect, it is it is entertaining to watch, and in, I think reflective of this team's vibes as a whole. So, what do we make of this? A series win against the Rays with another game to play. I, you know, we're not all automatically thinking, well, they're definitely going to lose tomorrow, right? We're not like that anymore, right? We we're baseball enjoyers. We're Phillies celebrators. We don't we don't have thoughts like that. And if we do, we certainly don't, you know, save them, keep them where they belong inside our slowly darkening heads. Uh, but no, the the series win has been secured. And yeah, yeah, how how much this team has struggled to lock down wins and or lock down um, sweeps in the past. You know, it's not. It's not necessarily the easiest thing to do, but, uh, you know, I th- the way they're playing now, it certainly seems like they got a great shot. And, you know, before we even consider tomorrow's game, I just want to stay here for a second in the present and celebrate these two wins the Phillies picked up. I mean, these are two wins I did not necessarily think they were going to have. Like I said, game one, I really didn't think this team was going to win an Aaron Nola start against the Rays. I enjoy that I have been shamed and embarrassed for this uh but you know i still i don't think i was i don't think i was crazy for suggesting it but i'm certainly glad to be wrong uh and then game game two they also did something kind of uncharacteristic which is they kept scoring uh like i said i love when this team keeps applying pressure but i have to say i love that because they don't do it a whole lot it's certainly been i think a shortcoming of this team uh until the last month or so so to see them do it against a tough competitor like the Rays, because you know you have to. You know you have to, especially a night when Walker gives up four runs. Like, look, we, 
we can we can still win this game with our bats. You know, this is what we're supposed to be really good and consistent at. Uh, so yeah, I, you, you like seeing that in Nola's start, they gave him enough offense to win. Uh, and you know, again, Christopher Sanchez is going to pitch again tomorrow. He's going to start against Shane Armstrong of the Rays, who, uh, is, uh, you know, better than a bullpen game. I think you could say, uh, but on the Phillies side, yeah, depending on how long they let Sanchez go, I don't know if you even consider this a bullpen game anymore. He, you know, he went into the sixth last time. So that's a, that's a, that's a starter. That's a fifth starter. So we'll see how he does with this test. Uh, I'll be curious to see how Sanchez fares. Um, but, you know, like I said, the Phillies already have the series win. And picking up this last game, I mean, that'd be huge. That would be great. That, 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 I think that would do a lot for people's morale. I think they already have. I really do. And I think it would do a lot for this team going into Miami, facing a tough Marlins team that they have just not been able to climb over. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I think uh, winning winning game three of this series and sweeping the Rays at, on the road would uh, would really mm, redefine this team almost, I want to say, in a way. Um, they, uh, they would certainly shake off the recent bad vibes from the Braves and Nationals series. But, uh, yeah, I, I do think – and I think they got a shot. Why not? I'm, I'm not going to I'm not gonna let those dark thoughts through. The Phillies are unstoppable on the road now, you know? Now they're, they're over 500 on the road. I did not think we'd see the day. I just assumed they'd be one of those World Series champions who struggles in half of the games that they play because of where they're playing. No, I guess I didn't really think that. But yeah, just a lot of good stuff from this team uh, in the past two nights. Not a lot of the sloppiness that's been their undoing a couple other nights. Uh, Yeah, you just like what you see. And uh, I know that a couple of us around here will watch a Phillies win and, you know, be pleased but not overjoyed. I know there's been some just lingering reluctance to get excited about this team. And look, I'm not sitting here with my pom-poms on either. It is only July 5th. But uh, at the same time, I don't think you can look at what the Phillies have done in the last uh, month or so and be displeased. I mean, you kind of can't be. I get not being extra optimistic about the future and the ultimate goal that we're all, you know, hoping to see that we got close to last year. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I feel like sometimes this team will have a couple of games in a row where they don't just commit errors. They commit five errors worth of errors on one error. Uh, and you kind of think, boy, this is the, <laughs> this is the team. This is, this is who we're putting our faith in to get back to the postseason, get back to where we were last year. Um, but for whatever reason, those mistakes have not totally undone this team's recent success. So when I look at the calendar now in the month of June, there's just a lot more W's than there are L's. And that's kind of all that matters. If they, should they make the postseason again, which, you know, they were sitting in a wild card spot after their game one win. So, uh, they're back. They were back in the postseason contention, uh, pretty, you know, pretty firmly. Well, not firmly, but quietly <laughs> uh yeah they managed to find their way into a playoff spot again so yeah 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 that's that's the story that's how that's how they've done so far and you can't argue with the results you know i i am not super encouraged by everything this team does no i was not super encouraged about Aaron Nola making his start i was not super encouraged when taiwan walker allowed four runs i'm even not even super encouraged the fact that it's a christopher sanchez start again tomorrow but 
Look how often I'm wrong for not being encouraged. Look how often I've I've finally decided this team was lacking in a, in such a deep way that I could just start making assumptions about inevitabilities and rarely have those things come to pass when I've done that. So, yeah, I, I think uh, I think you can't really complain about this team's record at this point through the month of June. Obviously, you want it to be better. Uh, obviously, you want that that slow start, that one in five start to be stricken from the record. And none of that stuff was fun to watch. But this team's record is either close to or exactly what it was at this point in the two seasons it won the World Series as well. And that to me is uh, is, is actually kind of a solid point because it just indicates in both cases that a team can be exactly where the 2023 Phillies are now and still go on to win the entire thing. Uh, so, yeah, I know. Look, I, I know you're, list- you're used to listening to John Stolness on the midweek episode. So all this talk about the World Series after they've won two games in a row is probably a little much. I understand that. So I'll, uh, I'll pull back a little bit, but it's, you know, <laughs> it's the mid season. We can start looking so far ahead. Like, like, Oh, like to the trade deadline that's coming up in a couple of weeks. Are we looking forward to that discourse? The only thing, the only thing I'll say about that is that, uh, I'm starting to see it's like, uh, we've reached the point in the season where the, uh, the, the kind of articles that just get pumped out, uh, about like, oh, this team is rumored to be in on this guy and this trade is perhaps happening over here because of this tweet I saw. And it's, you know, a couple sentences, embedded tweet, and that's it. That's like an article. Uh, the start of that season has begun, and I'm just seeing all these headlines that are like, player X has been linked to the Phillies. And you're just like, what does that mean? What's a, what's a link in this case? Like a handshake? Like a, a secret handshake in a back alley? Or their, both their names were featured on a, on a hidden document that was inside a big brown envelope with a question mark on it. They, they were linked. That's what you're talking You saw two of their agents sliding documents to each other on a park bench in the middle of the day. No, that what they mean is that somebody put together a projected trade, like Jim, Jim Bowden or something. Somebody from, somebody from MLB Network or something mentioned, oh yeah, he'd be like a good fit for that team. And then that's considered a link. I, I love that. Yeah, it's like some writer, even even a famous one, just saying this could be a good fit. It doesn't really link the player to that team. Like I get what you're saying, and I I know what your argument would be, but come on, he's just saying the player's name and the Phillies' name next to each other. That doesn't necessarily that doesn't really mean that they're linked just because it's of, of an idea existing. It's not real. A real link is when a national writer or some Phillies beat is saying, oh, I'm hearing this trade is going down or, or this signing is a possibility. That's a link. You know, that, that's 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 the, that's a link between two parties by an official source. Uh, but if I just sit here and go, Adley Rushman would be cool to have on the Phillies or just just, you know, keep it rudimentary and just Shane McClanahan, Phillies, Ronald Acuna Jr., Phillies there. Now, all those players have been linked to the Phillies. So, you know, the rumor mill is hot. The hot stove, the hot stove is on fire with names and teams. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Hitting Season. Like I said, the Phillies and Rays are playing game three tomorrow at Tropicana Field. Phillies going for a sweep. They're starting Christopher Sanchez against Sean Armstrong of the Rays. Uh, yeah, and that'll, you know, that'll, that'll determine whether or not the Phillies walk away with a series win or a sweep. 
Less anything less than a sweep feels like a disappointment now based on the uh, performances they've been able to put together. Uh, yeah, first pitch is at 640, and then it's off to Miami for three games against the Marlins before the All-Star break. Uh, so, yeah, this will be, uh, be an interesting stretch. The Phillies could wind up in a pretty decent spot going into the All-Star break. Uh, and we'll see who else joins the All-Star Brigade. Uh, they reported tonight nobody, you know, nobody yet, no other player, still just Nick Castellanos. Uh, but we'll see how that develops. Uh, as always, stay at hit. Uh, as always, remember to go to billypen.com slash hidden season to get your new episodes of Hidden Season. Uh, and head on over to the Patreon at patreon.com slash hidden season for $5 a month. You get access to all kinds of bonus content on the Phillies if that should interest you. Feel like there's more interest than ever now that the team has won a remarkable two games in a row. And again, 11 games in a row on the road. That is that is not somewhere I thought I'd see the Phillies be. Uh, but that'll do it for this episode of Hidden Season from WHYY and Billy Penn. I'm Justin Clue. You can follow me on Twitter at Justin underscore Clue. And this has been Hidden Season. <laughs>